And y'all, kids are well-behaved. You must have bribed them with money, food, or something. Goodness, that's awesome. There we go. Awesome. Hey, guys, right now we are going to receive our offering. We're going to continue to worship God that way as we receive our offering. And so as our ushers want to come and uh, get in place, they can do that. And let me say something uh, here. You know, this is, some, this is a part of our service we do every single week. If you're new to Summit, this, you're, you're new here, we're excited to have you. But if you uh, come to Summit or you come to any church, this is something, this is a part of, of, of most church services where we receive the offering. And, and let me just say this. Maybe this is a point in the service where you kind of check your phone, see what people are doing on Facebook. You know, you kind of check out for a second. You don't really engage with this part of the service. And maybe, 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 one of the reasons that you don't engage with this part of the service is because you tell yourself this. You tell yourself, you know what, listen, I know that the Bible says, you know what, we ought to tithe, we ought to give 10%. I can't do that. We can't do that. So I'm not going to give, and I've never given. I mean, if, I mean, if that's what God wants me to do and we can't do it, I'm not even going to start. Don't we do that sometimes with a lot of things in our life? Hey, you know what? I would start exercising. I would get in shape, but I know I'm going to eat the whole thing of Oreos anyway, so forget it. I'm never going to the gym. Right? I mean, we do that with all kinds of things in our lives where we say, you know what, I would start that, but I probably can't finish it. I probably can't get to where maybe somebody expects me to get to. Let me say this. Let me say this. And I want everybody in our church to receive this this morning. Generosity, generosity is a journey, not a destination. Okay? Generosity is a journey, not a destination. And so listen, if you come here every single week and you've never given, I want to challenge you. Maybe you're not prepared to give this morning. You know what? You should, on our app or on our website, you can give through both. This week, if you come to Summit regularly and you've never given in a service before, I want you to know generosity is a journey, not a destination. So today in your heart, why don't you just say, you know what, God? I'm going to trust you in the area of my finances. I'm going to take a step. And if you're not prepared to give today, but you come to Summit every week, I want to challenge you. Give online this week. I want to challenge you to do it. I want to challenge you to download our app or go to summerhazard.com and give online this week. Why? Because it's a step where you can say, God, I'm going to trust you here. God, I'm going to worship you in this area of giving. Okay? I dare you to try it this week and watch what God does in your life as you take that step. Let's pray. Father, I thank you right now for every single person that's going to give, God, whether they've given online, on the app, or they're going to give right here in this service. And Father, I pray that we would know generosity is a journey. God, it's a journey because you're, you're changing our hearts. God, you're making us more like Jesus. You're opening up our hearts so that we can see our securities in you, not in money. And so God, I pray maybe for that person who's here today, and they come every single week, and maybe for some reason or another, something at this point just talks them out of experiencing your blessing, of trusting you with their finances. God, I pray if that's somebody here today, I pray they give online this week. God, I pray for every single person that's going to give right here. Somebody's going to give in this service for the first time, Father, and I pray that they would know that you're going to bless that. They would know that you're at work in their life as they take that step. God, I'm just excited about every single person that's going to get saved because of what somebody gives today. I'm excited about all the churches that are going to be started all over this world because of what somebody's going to give today. God, I thank you so much for how you are a God who gives. You gave us your son, you gave us your son Jesus. We love you for it. In your name. Amen, amen. Guys, you can go ahead and begin to receive our offering. I want to say a couple things before we, uh, I want you to check out some videos here. This week, one of the things that you guys give towards and uh, make possible 
is Summit Whitesburg. Uh, We are starting a church in Whitesburg, and one of the big prayers that we've had literally for over a year is that God would give us a permanent location for Summit Whitesburg. I'll be honest, man, we've just faced rejection after rejection, and nothing was working out. This week, God opened up a door, and we have a permanent location for Summit Whitesburg. That's awesome. That's awesome. The VFW building over there in Letcher County in Whitesburg, they've got a large concert room with a stage, holds over 100 people, and they voted, their board voted this week that we can begin to have church services there. And so we have a permanent location for Summit Whitesburg, and we are fired up, man. We're pumped about it. It's going to be awesome. See what God does there. So you'll be praying about that, but thank you for giving because, man, you make that happen. All right? Hey, today is Mother's Day. Today is Mother's Day. And, and we celebrate Mother's Day. We celebrate uh, our, our, our moms, the, the, those, those special women in our lives. But here's what I know. Um, I know that today is an extraordinarily hard day for a lot of people. If you didn't know that, you should. You know, you know a lot of people come to church that don't normally go to church on Mother's Day. But a lot of people skip church on Mother's Day. Do you know Why? Because it's, one of the hard, because it's one of the hardest days they have all year long. Because they know, they think, oh man, they're going to talk about things. They're going to bring up something that happened to me this year. They're going to bring up something that I want to experience and I haven't yet. So I'm not even going to go. And so today we celebrate Mother's Day, but we also, man, we, we, I, I want to be sensitive. We want to be sensitive. We want to we celebrate women in general. We want to celebrate ladies who have made a difference and an impact on our lives. And so, I want you to watch this video. It's called A Prayer on Mother's Day. And man, it just really spoke to me. Uh, it's spoken to a lot of people this week. And I wanted to share it uh, with our church. And then it'll lead uh, right into the new sermon series we're going to start this morning called Fighting For. So I want you guys to check out this video called A Prayer for Mother's Day. Dear God, none of us had perfect moms. But we honor our moms today on Mother's Day because you chose them to create each of us. Lord, for many, Mother's Day is a difficult day. And so we ask you to comfort those with heartaches today. For those who've lost their mothers, comfort them. For moms who've lost a child through miscarriage or through death, comfort them. We pray for our stepmoms who struggle with blending a family. We pray for those who have had a delayed adoption or even a failed adoption and their heart has been broken. Comfort these moms. Comfort those who've wanted to be mothers, but it just hasn't happened. Comfort those who've struggled with infertility. Wrap your arms around these women, dear Lord, and give them your comfort today. At the same time, you said to rejoice with those who rejoice, so we celebrate with those who've given birth this year to a brand new baby. We celebrate with those who've adopted children into their home or those who have graciously and warmly welcomed foster kids who need a loving home. Lord, we thank you for our moms in every stage of life. We thank you for the mothers of preschoolers whose work is never finished. We thank you for the moms of grade schoolers who play chauffeur and pack lunches and help with homework every day. We thank you for moms who feel both the pride and the ache of now being in the empty nest stage. On this Mother's Day, Lord, we commit ourselves to honoring 
and to loving and to protecting the mothers in our lives. And we thank you for the gift of mothers. And we pray your blessing on them today. guys. Hey, we're going to uh, jump in uh, to our brand new series this morning called Fighting For. Been really excited about this series. Before we jump in, uh, I want to pray about something that uh, you've probably seen on Facebook. Uh, a lot of people in our community right now are, pl- are praying for Blake Neese. Uh, Blake is an eighth grade student at East Perry, and uh, he, has, he, he is right now in the hospital. Uh, he has a virus attacking his heart. It is a very serious uh, situation. A lot of you know him. A lot of you know his uh, family, and they go to Davidson uh, Church, and so, um, so a lot of churches are praying for them uh, today, and I want our church to pray for Blake and his family today, okay, because we're, we're praying for, a heal, for healing, and, and our God is a miracle-working, healing Father, okay? So this is not a last-ditch effort. This is not a hail. Listen, when you, when you pray for God to bring a healing, it is not a Hail Mary pass, do you know what I mean? It is not something last ditch. Oh, we don't know if this is going to work. It's our last resort. We've tried everything. No, we are going to the God of the universe who, for whom anything is possible. Anything is possible with God. Do you believe that? Because I believe that. And listen, if you don't believe that, I believe it for you. Okay? So you can borrow a little bit of my faith today. All right? So we're going to pray and we're going to ask God to heal Blake and to move in his family. Okay? So let's pray right now. God, we just uh, we we did, we come to you, God, because you are the great physician. That's who you said you are. We didn't make that up. We didn't think that one over. You came to us, and you st- you told us in the Bible, you are the great physician. You are a healer. You can do all things. And so, God, we lift Blake up to you today, and God, we pray for a healing in his life. God, we pray that this virus would stop attacking his heart. God, that you would bring him back to full strength. We pray for a radical, miraculous recovery in Blake's life. And I pray for his family. I pray for his family this morning that, God, you would comfort them, you would surround them, God, that they would know that you are God today. I pray, God, that, that somehow you would speak into Blake's life, into, in, into his family's life today, that you are good, that you are with them, 
that you are caring for them. And so, God, I pray for a healing in his life. I thank you for, for people who have been praying all week long. Thank you for prayers that have been posted on Facebook and social media and how churches are coming together today to lift up Blake and his family. And God, we come together as the body of Christ and ask that you would bring a healing into him. And God, as we start this, uh, this series today, talking about marriages, talking about family, Father, there are marriages and families in this room, they need a healing. They need your touch. And so God, would you do what only you can do today in this room, in this place, in Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Well, today we are, like I said, we are launching into a brand new series called Fighting For. And um, let me ask you a question here today, uh, just, to get, just to get us um, started. And this is not good or bad. This is just me asking a question. I want to get your feedback on it. How many of you, if you're married, okay, if you're married, if you are married, how many of you, marriage is different than what you expected it to be? Raise your hand. Not good or bad, it's just different, okay? Some of you raised your hands a little too fast, all right? You should have went, hmm, I don't know, and then, you know, just put your hand up. It's just different than what you thought it was going to be. Raise your hand, not good or bad, just different, all right? Here's what's happening in the room right now. There are men and women who are married, and you're like this, oh my gosh, I would want to raise my hand, but she will tear my arm off. Right? I know, I know what's going on, fellas. I feel your pain, brother. I, I do. Man, right? but, but here's what happens when, when marriage or when relationships don't go the way that we expect. What happens a lot of times is we start to fight in our relationships. And what we're going to discover in this series called Fighting For is we are going to discover how to fight for our families. Instead of spending all of our energy fighting in our families, in our parenting relationships, with our parents or with our spouses, we're going to discover how to start fighting for our families. Because here's what I know, and there's a lot of new people here today, a lot of new faces, and I, I don't know a lot of people in the room, but if you're here today, you're married, you're, you're engaged, or, or, or wherever you're at on that spectrum. Maybe you're not married, one day you hope to be. I know that there are certain things that are universally true when it comes to marriage, okay? I, I don't need to know you to know certain things that are absolutely true, because they're true about my marriage, and they're also true about every marriage in the room, okay? Let, let me just give you some examples of universal things that are true when it comes to marriages and family. First thing that's just true about every single marriage this morning is that your husband, your wife, is messed up. Your husband or wife is messed up. No, don't amen that, okay? If you want to survive Mother's Day, you should not amen this sermon so far, right? But they're, but they're messed up. And here's, what, here's what's happening in the room right now, and I love that this is happening in the room right now. You are thinking about the other person, aren't you? Aren't you? You are. You are thinking about the other person. And listen, listen, listen. Do you know who they're thinking about? You. Right? You're thinking about them. They're thinking about you. And here's the beautiful thing. You're both right. You're both right. Let me show you a verse in the Bible. On the surface, it doesn't look like it has anything to do at all with marriage or relationships, but I promise if you dig a little, it has everything to do with relationships. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What does that mean? Let me tell you what that means. That person that you married is a filthy, dirty, rotten sinner. You married a total sinner. Don't amen that. Don't amen that. Right? You knew that. That, that person you married, your husband, your wife, is, is messed up. Why? Because sin's messed all of us. 
I'll, I'll give you another one. Just true about every single marriage is marriage is hard. Isn't it? Marriage is Listen, if you're here today and you don't think marriage is hard, that shows me you got married five minutes ago. That's what that shows me. Right? Marriage is hard. Marriage is like a roller coaster. It's got ups and downs and you think you're going to vomit and all kinds. Marriage, marriage is hard. Relationships are hard. Here's another thing that's just universally true. When it, I, don't care, I don't care who you are or how long you've been married. This is just true for every relationship. Your marriage is a target. Your marriage is a target. In fact, I think this one is so important. This is not the whole sermon. It's just about two minutes. But if you're not taking notes, I think you should write this down. I think this point right here is just so important. Your marriage is a target. See, the Bible says there's three enemies that you and I need to know about. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Now, maybe you're here and you're visiting today. I don't know what got you here, but you don't believe in the Bible. You don't think, you don't, or, you, or you don't even know. You're like, I'm on the journey, but listen, I don't know if there's this stuff about the devil. I don't know if that's true or not. Listen, hey, if that's you, I am so excited you're here today. Man, I didn't grow up in church. I met Jesus when I was 18. I didn't believe any of this stuff. I honestly, I told people I was an atheist before I became a Christian, and how I met Jesus is another story for another day. But listen, if that's you today and you've got questions, you're trying to figure it out, I get it. So you're in a safe place today. But the Bible says that we have three enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And what that means is there are unseen supernatural forces at work in the world that want to destroy your family. There are. There are unseen supernatural forces that want to turn husband against wife, Wife against husband, kids against parents, parents against grandparents. There are unseen forces in the world, and if you and I want to navigate this world and fight for our marriages and families, you got to know there's stuff in the world wants to destroy your family. So the flesh, when the Bible talks about the flesh, it's that, it, it's that part of us, it's sin inside of us. We were, we were joking about that a minute ago, but sin inside of us, listen, a lot of the damage that happens inside of a marriage is because what? We did it. Isn't that true? A lot of the damage that happens in relationships is because we did say that. We did make that decision. We did go there or whatever. So, so there's the flesh, and then there's the devil. 1 Peter says this, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. There is a devil, he is real, and he does want to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your family. And listen to me, listen to me. A lot of you here are come here every week. The more you try to put God at the center of your life and your marriage, the harder it will get. Amen? Will anybody agree with that? The harder it's going to get, the more the devil will try to split your marriage and tear it apart. The devil is real. He wants to destroy your family. Then there's the world. And 1 John says this about the world. 1 John 2, 15, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, when it talks about the world, it doesn't mean the world that God created. The Bible says that God created the world good. So when the Bible talks about the world as an enemy, it's talking about a way of thinking that goes against God. It's talking about a way of thinking, talking, living that goes against God. So in the culture that you and I live in today, when the world looks at what God says about marriage, what the Bible says about relationships, the culture has labeled that outdated, hadn't it? 
The culture has labeled you ignorant if you believe that. You're pro- you're, you're, that that's an oppressive thing. That's old, outdated. Listen, it's 2016. We've moved on is what the world says. Listen, the world, the flesh, and the devil are not going to tell you to fight for your family. They're not. It said the world, the flesh, and the devil is going to tell you as soon as it doesn't go away that you want it to go, hit the eject button. It's not going to tell you to fight. Your marriage, your family is a target. And you have got to know that. Here's another thing, though, you've got to know. Everybody in the room, it doesn't matter if you're here today and maybe you saw us share this on social media and you're thinking, listen, my family, this is our last hope. I don't know if we're going to be together in the next couple of months. So we came today just for this. I want you to lean in and I want you to get this point today. I think this might be the reason some of you just came for what I'm about to say here. Everybody needs to know this. God is committed to your family. God is committed to your marriage. God's committed to it. Listen, in just a second, we're going to see God say things about marriage and family that God doesn't say about any other institution. He doesn't say about government or anything. And so it all boils down to the fact that God is committed to your family. God is committed to your marriage. Now, let me call a timeout on this sermon for a second because I need to say two things. Okay? Timeout on the sermon. If you are here today, if you are here today and you are in an abusive relationship, verbal abuse, physical abuse, if you are in an abusive relationship, do not hear what I've already said and what I'm about to say. Walk out of those doors and say, well, you know what? That guy at church told me to fight for my family. I guess I need to stay in even though my husband's about to kill me. No, do not do it. Don't you? Listen, that is another category and I'm not, listen, I've called a timeout to address that. If you are in an abusive relationship, get out today. You got to know it. You got to know it. Okay? I absolutely mean it. If you need get out, if you need help getting out, you come and talk to me. If you need help getting out, you come and talk to some people here. Okay? We can help you get out. Okay? There's some men in this church, they met Jesus and he made them a little crazy. They can really help you get out. Okay? What the how, the way they help you get out, you don't need to worry. But listen, listen, listen. I'm joking around. Get out. Get out. Another thing that I need to say this morning, another thing I need to say, if you are divorced, you fought for your family and it didn't work out and you are divorced, my goodness, the church has not handled divorce well, have we? We've treated divorced people like it's the unpardonable sin and as soon as you get divorced, you ought to have a big, big red D on your chest so that we can all not see you when you walk in the room. I want you to know today, listen, listen, if you're divorced, It didn't work out, and I don't know what the circumstances were around that. I want you to know today, you are just as much loved by God today as the people who've been married for 50 years. You are loved by God. I want you to know today, if divorce is in your past, it is in your past, and it is not not who you are. It's a part, but it's not who you are. It doesn't define you, okay? I want you to know today that if that's a part of your story, your best days are ahead of you, not behind you. Amen? It's, listen, God's got a plan for you. God wants to use you. That might have been a part of your story, but it doesn't define your story. So I want to say that. Time in, time in. God is committed to your marriage. God's committed to your family. Here's my question. Are you? Are you? All I want to do today, I want, I want to take a couple of minutes. I want to give you three reasons very quickly why you should fight for your family today. Next week, you come back, I'm going to tell you how to fight. 
But today I want to start off with why you should fight because that's where some of you are. Listen, why should I fight anymore? Why should I start to fight? Why should I fight? I want to give you three reasons why you should fight for your family, for your marriage. Next week you come back, I'm going to tell you how, today, why. Three reasons why you should fight. First reason, first reason you should fight for your marriage or your family is because marriage is a covenant, not a contract. Marriage is a covenant, not a contract. Now see, the world we live in treats marriage like it's just a, sli- uh, just a sheet of paper. Just something that you, a preacher signs, you sign during the wedding ceremony. And if it doesn't go the way that you want or somebody wants, listen, it's just a contract. You can break a contract. You can walk away from that contract. Listen, God does not see your marriage as a contract. God sees every marriage as a covenant. You've got a Bible. I want you to go ahead and open it up to Ephesians chapter 5. Go ahead and open up your Bible. Ephesians chapter 5. You got it maybe on your phone or you got a copy of the Bible with you. If you don't, don't worry about it. Words are going to be on the screen behind me, okay? So Ephesians chapter 5, and I'm going to start reading in verse 21. I'm going to read all the way through the rest of the chapter, verse 33. Ephesians 5, 21 says this, Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives. As Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and, I, and, and every wife see that she respects her husband. See, God created marriage to be a picture of Jesus and the way that Jesus loves the church. If you're a Christian today, if you're a follower of Jesus, then you are the church. The church is not a building, a place that you go to. If you're a Christian, you are the church. And marriage was made by God to be a picture of how Jesus loves the church. And so if there's a word in the Bible that describes what our relationship with God looks like, it's the word covenant. And, and covenant in the Bible, it just simply means this. A covenant is a, is a solemn vow. It's an oath. It's a bond that's made between two parties. It's a solemn vow. It's an oath. It's, it's, it's a promise that's made between two people, two parties. And when they make a covenant, both of those people are coming together to say, there is nothing that's going to stop me from carrying out what I promised to do. So God makes all kinds of covenants in the Bible. In the Old Testament, God makes a covenant with a guy named Abraham, with Moses, with David, with the people of Israel. 
And, and when God makes a covenant, it's God saying, there is nothing in all creation that's going to keep me from doing what I promised to do in this relationship. Christians, listen to me. That's why you can take it to the bank that you will never wake up one day and Jesus has walked out on your life, no matter how much you've struggled with that same thing for years. Jesus' promise of, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, it is absolutely certain. You will never lose your salvation. Why? Because your salvation is is a covenant with God. Jesus is not walking out on your life because your relationship with him is a covenant relationship. And so when God looks at marriage, God sees a covenant relationship. So let me ask you a question. Is your marriage, if you're you're married, is your marriage more like a contract or a covenant? See, in a contract relationship, a contract relationship sees the other person in the relationship. They exist just to make you happy. They exist just to meet your needs. But, but in a covenant relationship, listen to me, listen to me. In a covenant relationship, there is grace. In a covenant relationship, there's mercy, there's forgiveness. That's all that's in our relationship with God. And every single marriage that wants to fight for their marriage, that needs to be all over that relationship. Why? Because marriage is a covenant. In in a covenant relationship, there's every day making the decision, I am going to love you. In In a covenant relationship, there's every day making the decision, I am not walking out on this. I am not walking out on you. I am going to be like a bad rash you can't get rid of. Right? Why? Because marriage is a covenant, not a contract. So maybe, maybe your next stop after this sermon was the stop that was going to officially end that marriage. And maybe today, maybe in this moment, God is saying, wait, wait, wait. Before you do that, you need to know that your marriage is a bigger picture than just you and that person. In fact, it's a picture of how much Jesus loves the church. So fight for it. Because marriage is a covenant, not a contract. Second reason you should fight for it today is because another person can't make you happy. Another person can't make you happy. I love what Paul says here. Paul's the guy that wrote the book of Ephesians. And over and over, he says in verse 25, he says, Husbands, love your wife as, as Christ loved the church. As Christ loved the church. You know why I say, he says as? He, he says as because marriage is a picture, not the reality. Husbands, strive to love your wives the way Jesus loves the church. Jesus loves the church perfectly. There isn't a husband alive who's loving his wife perfectly. And there isn't a wife alive who's loving her husband perfectly. Why? Because a picture is simply a picture. It's not the reality. See, I can look at a picture of my wife all day long, but I'd rather be with her. Right? Wouldn't you, fellas, you can look at a picture of your wife all day long, but wouldn't you rather be with your wife? All the fellas, say amen. Do it right now. Say amen. Say amen. Good job. Good job. Fellas, I'm trying to help you out. If you do some of this stuff, you guys can maybe make out later or something. Be awesome. Wake up, guys. Wake up. Right? See, see, there's a picture, and then there's the reality. And so over and over when he says marriage is a picture of a greater reality, he, it's, he's sending us this reminder. Listen, it is such an encouraging thing. I'm so glad God gave it to us. Listen, there isn't a perfect marriage in the room right now, right? There isn't a perfect marriage in the world right now. I don't care what you're putting on Facebook. 
I don't care what kind of pictures of your spouse and your marriage you're putting on Instagram. There is not a perfect marriage. Listen, Mother's Day, there's probably a mom in the room. You need to hear that. I don't care what the other moms you know, what they're putting on social media. Yeah, their kids might wake up at 8 o'clock every single day and get themselves dressed and make breakfast and clean the house. You can't get your kids to put on underwear before 3 in the afternoon. But you know what? Their kids aren't perfect either. Right? Nobody has a perfect family. Nobody has a perfect marriage. And you need to know that because there's this idea out there that if I was with them, him or her, then I would be happy. And I just came today to burst that bubble and tell you that's not true. There's this thing going around called the green grass conspiracy, I call it. You know the green grass conspiracy, don't you? The grass is greener where? And then you get to the other side and the grass isn't what? It's not green over there. It's brown, it's weeds, it's all kinds of stuff. I thought the grass was green. Over, I thought if I was with him, I'd be happy. I thought if I was with her, then I would feel like a man and be happy. Wait a second, I'm with him or her, and she's a loser, and so am I. What's wrong? Here, here, here's what's wrong. Here's what's wrong. So many times, too often, people put expectations on other people that only God can fulfill. Another person cannot make you happy. Another person cannot complete you, fill that void in your life. It's because that void in your life was made by God to be filled by God, not your husband or your wife or your kids or fill in the blank. Let me show you some verses. Let me show you some things that Jesus says about himself. Look at these verses. This is Jesus talking about Jesus. John 6, 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Look at the next one, John chapter 14, verses 13 through 14. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. Don't you want that? To be so satisfied in your soul that nothing can come close to that. That's what Jesus can do for a person. Listen, let me just say it really plainly. Another person can never do for you what Jesus can do for you, right? He can't, he can't, she can't, your kids can't, only Jesus can't. Another person can't make you happy. So maybe your expectations, what you're looking for, you need to put those in God, not another person. Last thing, number three, third reason you need to fight for your marriage, fight for your family, is because every marriage, no matter how imperfect it is, it is a reminder that no matter what, we're loved. It's a reminder that no matter what, we're loved. See, when an imperfect person loves another imperfect person in the covenant of marriage, it's a reminder for all of us how much God loves all of us. It's a reminder of God's never giving up, never letting go, never walking out, love that he has for every man in this room today, that he has for every woman in this room today, that he's got for every son and daughter in this room today. It is a reminder of the perfect love of God for you today. And we think, we think that, we, that we know what love is. We think that we've got love figured out. But look at what God says love is like. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, love is patient, 
and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It isn't arrogant or rude. It doesn't insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Man, when I read that, maybe my reaction is the same as yours. Who loves like that? The patient people. Maybe the patient people love like that. Patient people, raise your hands. Oh, man. Dang it. Who loves like that? Jesus loves like that. Jesus Christ loves like that. That's why the perfect picture of real love has always been and will always be the cross of Jesus Christ. Right here is what real love looks like. Right here. Right there. Because listen, it is at the cross, it is at the cross that you get a perfect example putting of of someone, a perfect someone, putting everyone's needs above his own. It is at the cross that you get a perfect example of someone loving people who may never love him back. It's at the cross that you get the perfect example of love that never gives up, love that never walks away, love that is patient. You get the example of the perfect love of God for you. And so I want to say this really plainly this morning. If you've been fighting for your marriage and, and you've done all kinds of things, And you've talked to all kinds of people. And you've been to all kinds of counselors. And you've read all kinds of books. And this love has never transformed your life. I want to say to you very clearly today, because I love you and I want the best for you. But I want you to know today that without this love transforming your heart, you are going to miss the necessary resources to fight for that relationship. So I want to say to you today that when you say yes to this love, when you say yes to Jesus Christ, what he begins to do, he begins to transform you from the inside out so that you can start loving the way that he loves. Not perfectly, but he begins to change you so that you can do it. And so today, if you are here and you are not a Christian, I want to tell you, Jesus Christ loves you and everything you need to fight for that relationship is right here. And all you need to do today is to come to him. I don't know what got you here. Maybe you came today because it's Mother's Day. You came because you wanted your picture taken. Your family was in the baby dedication service. But right now something is happening inside of you. Something's happening inside of you. And there's this voice that's ringing off. And it's saying, you know what? You're missing something. You you need that. We say, well, what is that voice? That is God coming to you right now saying that he loves you. And today he wants to start a relationship with you. Don't fight him. Say yes to him. If you're here today and you're a Christian and you've been fighting for that marriage, you've been fighting for that relationship, I want you to know that you are not in that alone. You are not in that alone. And you don't have to try to fight on your own resources. Today, today, you can go to God and say, God, we need help. God, we need you. I need you, my wife, my husband, Needs you. My kids need you. God, we need you. But this, this cross is an invitation 
for every person, married or single, doesn't matter where you're at. It's an invitation to come and get the resources, get everything you need to fight for your marriage, to fight for your family, to know God and to be changed forever. Let's pray. You know, right now, just in this moment of silence, before I pray, I want to ask you, if you're married, you're a parent, grandparent, thinking about that relationship in your life, I want to ask you, what does your family need today? What's your marriage need today? What do your kids need today? What do you need today? And whatever that answer is, I want you to know today that God knows that need. God knows your heart. God knows exactly what's happening in your house right now. And the thing that you need above all else is him. So today, just cry out to him. Just ask him for help. Ask him for mercy. And you'll, and you'll receive it. Father, we just thank you that you love us God, that we are here in this room today, and God, we're reminded that the clearest example of love is the cross of Jesus. We're reminded that no matter where we've been and what we've done, Jesus paid the price for us because we are loved by you. And I know that there are families in this room today who are hurting, struggling, and I pray that right now, they would cry out to you for help and they would experience that help. That Jesus, you would run into that family and you would run so fast into that marriage. You would run so fast into those kids. You would run so fast into that need in that house that Jesus, they would look at it and know God is with us. We are not alone in this marriage. We're not fighting this thing on our own. There is a God in heaven who loves us and he is helping us work it out. He has given us grace. He's given us patience. He's given us mercy. God, run to that family today. I pray for the person who's here today and they don't have a relationship with you. They're not a Christian. And whether they're married or not, doesn't matter. Their biggest need today, if they are outside of a relationship with you, is to start a relationship with you. So I pray today for that person that's here in this room, and I know there are people in the room like this, I pray today they'd say yes to Jesus. I pray today they would ask you for salvation. And Jesus, that is always a prayer that you answer. No one who comes to you today for salvation will be turned away. Every person that comes to you for a second chance, for forgiveness, they will instantly get it. So I pray that they would come. And so right now, with every head bowed, with every eye closed, I'm not gonna ask you to get up front today. I'm not gonna ask you to come forward today but I do want this to be a moment of transparency. And I just want to ask you today, if you're here today and listen to this sermon, you say, Mark, our family needs help. Will you pray for us? Will you just raise your hand right now for that family? Just go ahead and do it. Just go ahead and do it. We should raise your hand right now for your family, for your marriage. Just go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. Here's a hand right here. There's another hand right over there. My family just needs help. Would you pray for us? Raise your hand right now. There's one right there. There's one right there. 
There's one right there. Just put your hand up in the air. Listen, you don't have to act like your family's got it all together. Jesus died for every family. We're all broken. Say, Mark, I need, my family needs help. Pray for us. Raise your hand right now if that's you. There's another hand right there. God, I just pray for these hands that went up in this room today, Jesus, that you would heal them, that you would meet them right there at that point of need. And Father, that you would do what only you can do. Heal that relationship. God, heal that hurt. Pray for forgiveness, for grace, for mercy. Just have your way. And and while we're continuing to pray, if you're here today and you need Jesus in your life, you need to be saved today. Right now, this is your opportunity to say yes to Jesus. And if you today want to give your heart to him, if you want to be saved, I'm going to pray a prayer. And as soon as I, I, I'm going to pray a prayer. And listen, I want you to pray this prayer with me. As soon as I start praying, you just pray this silently right there where you sit, right there where you're at, because this is you talking to God. This is you asking God to save you. These aren't magic words. I'm just trying to help you verbalize what might be happening in your life today. But if you want to be saved today, I'm going to pray this prayer, and I want you to pray this with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. Make all things new in me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you, Jesus, for for everything that you've done for me. Thank you for saving me today. Help me to start living for you right now. I want you to be my Lord. Amen. No one is looking around. No one is moving. But listen, if you just prayed that prayer, I just simply want to celebrate with you. I just want to acknowledge you today and pray with you and celebrate with you today. So if today, if you ask Jesus to save you, you want to begin a relationship with him, I'm going to count to three. As soon as I say three, just raise your hand really high in the air to say, today's the day that I ask Jesus to come into my life and save me. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now. Today's the day you want to be saved and give your life to Jesus Christ. Here's a hand right here up front. Anyone else? Anyone else? Just raise your hand high. Just raise your hand high. Anyone else? Say, I need Jesus today and I want to be saved hand right there in the back. God bless you for that. Father, I thank you for new life. I thank you that you're a God who saves and forgives. Father, I thank you for Jesus. And God, that when we walk out of here in just a moment, we're not walking out of here alone. That everything we need is in you. We love you, Jesus. In your name, amen. Summit, would you celebrate who God is and what he's done? Man, that's awesome. I I love, hang on, don't, don't anybody leave. We've got one more thing we want to do. Man, I, I love seeing people give their hearts to Jesus. I love seeing people raise their hands and say, you know what, we just need God today. We just need help. And right now, if you would, everybody in the room, just go ahead and take your connection cards out. Everybody in the room, doesn't matter if today's your first time or it's your thousandth time being here, I don't care. Take your card out right now. And just go ahead and let us know how we can pray for your family on the back of that card. If you gave your life to Jesus today, if you just raised your hand to say, I want to be saved, on the back of that card, there's a box says, I gave my life to Christ. Check that box, and you can give it to one of our volunteers. Gonna be having, they'll have offering baskets. Stuff. You can just drop it in one of those as you leave. If you don't have a card, go to the welcome area and get one. But don't leave until you let somebody know what God has done in your life today, all right? So everybody just go ahead and fill out those cards, and you can turn them in on your way out. Dana's going to come over here. Dana's got one more thing for us. Because it's Mother's Day, we want to honor uh, lady and her family here in the room today. And so go ahead and draw one out. And so hopefully all the ladies that came in the room today, you got a ticket. Hopefully you got a red ticket. All the ladies did when you 
walked in, or what ticket? Or a blue ticket, or a blue. We ain't nothing against blue tickets here. Um, so red ticket, blue ticket, hopefully all the ladies got one. All the ladies. And, um, but here's what we're going to do. I'm going to draw a ticket, and I'm going to read that number. Now, if I draw your number, what that means is, what that means is our church wants to buy you and all your family lunch today. And so maybe you were going to a restaurant. We wanted to call that restaurant and just pay the price for all you guys. It's dinner on us today. If you weren't going to do that, you've got dinner at home, well, let us know where you'd like it. We'll buy your family a gift certificate. All right? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to draw a number. I'll dig for drama. All right? Here's, here's, here it is. Here it is. I feel like this is the lottery. So 405 that pause was for drama. Everybody says 405. <laughs> Don't think, yes, everybody says 405. Sorry. 405-7309. Did I get anybody? Did, right back there in the back. Awesome. Woo! Give it up. Right there in the back. All right, now. Now. Yeah, this is Dana. Dana will meet you at the welcome table. So, She'll take care of all the arrangements. So don't, don't leave today until you talk to her. Awesome. Good. That's, I'm glad that worked out. All right. Hey, guys, listen. Next week, next week I want you to come back. Uh, we're going to talk about how to fight for your family. And if you guys didn't get your picture taken, free family portraits, they're doing that outside the building right now. Guys, thank you so much for being here today. You are dismissed. Love you guys.